Buckle up your pant legs and zip up your hats. You're listening to Sounds About Light 2, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm Sam. Regular. Just me. And I'm Drew. Number one. Yeah. The only one. I've been... I was... You mentioned sea salt ice cream right before we started Mm -hmm. this. And I have been... I've been... I've been digging through... Uh, all the English translations I can find of the interviews with Nomura and other Kingdom Hearts people from the Japanese Ultimania books. Mm-hmm. And this is as uh, as fun a fact as we could possibly start with, I think, because I found the origin of why there's so much fucking sea salt ice cream in these games, starting with <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> I don't know how much we've seen of it. Do, we saw them eating it. They've yeah? eaten it twice already. Twice already. Okay. Yeah. So just to to quickly preface this, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, we're going to see a lot of characters eating sea salt ice cream in this game, especially uh, on a particular clock tower. The reason for that, apparently, is that Di- not Diz, Tetsuya Nomura, that's his name. <laughs> Oops, spoilers. He sort of is Diz, I think. I was looking at my notes and I saw the name Diz. Uh, Nomura went to a uh, a Disney Sea business event in Tokyo, and they had sea salt ice cream for everyone there. And he ate it, and he was like, "Oh, this, this seemed like it would be so gross, but it's so delicious." And then he said, when he was working on Kingdom Hearts two, all whenever he was thinking about Disney and summer because it's summer vacation at this point in the game, he was like, all I could think about was that sea salt ice cream. So I asked uh, Kazushige Nojima, I believe, was the scenario writer for this game, and he was like, can you put some sea salt ice cream in it? And then he was like, okay, you got it, boss. And then when he got it back, he looked at it and was like, Jesus Christ, this is so much more sea salt ice cream than I meant. It is a lot, but more. okay. You know, I I do think he really captured um, the summers of my youth. I would say, you know, where I would go live in a different town without my parents, and I would mm-hmm. be in a child gang and get in fights <laughs> with a teen gang with a big foam bat, with a big foam bat, and just eat eat all sorts of ice cream on the side of a clock tower. Mmm, all sorts of ice cream, though, so it's not quite the same. No, not exactly the same. We, you know, there's some really good blackberry ice cream I had growing up, but, um, uh-huh. yeah, you, you know, he didn't get, he didn't nail my childhood exactly, but pretty close. Uh-huh. How did you do in the struggle tournament? Uh, it was a struggle. <laughs> uh-huh. Did you beat Vivi from Final Fantasy Nine? I, I did beat Vivi from Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> did you beat Setzer from Final Fantasy Six? No. No, no, no. He's. I took no, his. I took. You, I took. Threw. I took his bride money. Yeah. <laughs> you took a dive. I took a dive. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Kingdom Hearts two so far? Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 interesting. I it's captured my attention. That's for sure. It's a weird turn. A, a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on uh, on the prologue of Kingdom Hearts two. I love it personally, but <laughs> who's surprised to hear that? Yeah, that's not surprising, but no, I mean it's it's definitely a cool thing to do. Um we should get into it, but it's yeah, we should just get into it. <laughs> yeah, so we get our opening cinematic. Uh I don't I think that this is probably set to Sanctuary by Utada Hikaru, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh there's there's it's basically unlike the first one, which was famously a music video about going through puberty, this one is pretty much just a retelling of the story so far 
very useful for everyone like me who hadn't played Chain of Memories, uh, but not that useful because it wasn't actually going to help. But how did, uh, how did you feel going into this game and <laughs> and being like a bunch of stuff happened between the last well, game and this, this is one? The thing. A lot of people really don't like the prologue because it's fairly long. I mean, the cutscenes I think are about two hours alone. Wow. Um, but I don't know because because a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I I want to be playing as Sora. I want to be going out and fighting Heartless with Donald and Goofy, and you're not. You're you're playing as Roxas. You're hanging out with friends. It's summer vacation, and then like weird stuff starts happening. I. I think I, if I remember correctly, I really liked the prologue because I was just like, I don't really know what's going on. I don't know who this kid is, but I'm, I'm enjoying the game. But then it gets to the part that's like, Sora's been asleep and his memories are gone. I'm like, wait, why? <laughs> Cause I don't think, I don't think I knew that chain of memories, um, was like, this is what happens next. So I think I was like, okay, so Sora's on the road with Donald and Goofy, and then I guess we're just checking in with this random kid. But no, Sora's in a pod. And <laughs> yeah, I think I think watching the cinematic at the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, this maybe this is like what's going to happen this game. <laughs> They're going to go up some stairs. Yeah, I don't learning know. that that's a thing that happened that you <laughs> need some context for must be pretty wild Uh, one thing i will say is it does kind of work in the sense that sora knows exactly as much as you do if you skipped the game he's just like what the hell is going on what are they all i mean we haven't actually gotten to sora yet yeah uh, but when when he does wake up spoilers sora is going to be in the video game he he's also (laughs) as confused as i was (laughs) so that helps i suppose yeah, no, it's I, I, but I, I mean, I think that there's something too starting, you know, in media res with a different character in your next game. That's cool, you know. It, um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess it didn't start with a different character in Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Two. It's actually a bait and switch, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a cool thing to do. I think for a sequel. Yeah, and we will find that Roxas is very important and absolutely deserves to be a playable character in this game uh, in his own right. But Gee, I wonder how he got that name. I, I don't fucking know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't know. Too confusing. Uh, but yeah, I I have a couple notes uh, about the opening cinematic. We do see a cool swooshy animation of Kyrie becoming tall to establish that time has passed. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a whole goddamn year. Is Sora going to get taller? He is. Oh, okay. He's a big boy now. Not that big, but he's a bigger boy now. Weird. Uh, I have one note about just something that I liked about the cinematic, which is the, the shot of Namine drawing the spiral staircase and then it kind of like starts animating like a flip book that was really cool yeah no the the, the cinematic was really really neat and all the nominee stuff in it especially very cool um yeah uh it, it does i would say exaggerate how good her art is <laughs> yes well this is what nominee's secret is that her art is quite terrible <laughs> well when i draw it's like that too i in my brain i see something wonderful and then it, <laughs> then it looks like nominee's drawings but worse yeah, the and then the the ending is uh where we leave the retelling. Uh Sora, Kyrie and Riku are all like sleeping on the beach on Destiny Islands and then 
Roxas like bursts down through the ground into the dive to the heart. And he lands on a station featuring a stained glass sleeping Sora. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder what that means. <laughs> hmm. Uh, that's all I have to say about the cinematic. Yeah, I don't have much else to say either, other than it, it looks good. It's cool to see. I like seeing, I like seeing, um, well-animated scenes of, like, Goofy fighting Heartless. <laughs> yeah. That looks great. Yeah, I, the, the Kingdom Hearts 3 opening cinematic is my favorite, and, oh man, I can't wait to get to that, but, okay. So, we go to a spooky hell beach, uh, which is called the Dark Margin, uh, it's where the realm of the realm between like physically meets the realm of darkness. Uh, there's two people in black coats meeting. Uh, one of them has no voice that we can hear, which means we're not supposed to know who it is yet. Uh, but the other one says in a in a cool deep voice, "I've been to see him. He looks a lot like you." The unvoiced one asks who he is, and he says, "I'm what's left," or maybe I'm all there ever was. <laughs> And then unvoiced guy says, I meant your name, <laughs> which is just great. Yeah, stop, stop being like that. Very, very Riku talking to Diz. Yeah. It's like, can you, can you just, can you just talk like a guy, please? No. <laughs> uh, he asks uh, if the other guy remembers his true name. And then he says, my true name is, and then we hear Kyrie go, Sora. I wonder if that means anything. Probably not. Uh, I, I can't explain this. I always thought that deep voice guy was Diz, even though it's a completely different voice. I really can't make any sense of why I thought that. I think that was just like a childhood Kingdom Hearts assumption that never got like re-examined. Uh, until I, again, one of these interviews with Nomura, he was like, oh yeah, the, the scene where, uh, talks to Zemnis on the beach. I was like, wait, oh, Oh, that's why he has Zemnis's voice. <laughs> uh, so this is an interesting scene because it didn't actually happen. This is a dream. What? There's no textual confirmation of this in the games. But when Nomura said that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, this is actually, and as we move forward, we'll see elements of this scene appearing in other scenes that actually did happen. This is Roxas dreaming and some of his memories of interactions he's actually had with Xemnas kind of congealing into this little scene here. Hmm. Uh, the fact that it didn't happen isn't important. Uh, what is important is that we got a little bit of continuity with Final Mix here uh, because this is uh, Xemnas uh, talking about the secret boss battle they had with Sora. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Before he fought Sora, he said some stuff like, like, oh, I'm I'm just here to, to meet you and, like, see what you're like. And then at some point after that, he talks to Roxas and says, I went to see him. He looks like you. Which, a little, little continuity win right there. No Cinema Sins today. No, never. There's never Cinema Sins here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we then see for the first time, but not the last in Roxas's prologue, some weird glitchy CRT looking clips of Sora from Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, whenever he tries to say Kyrie's name, we just hear like cut and it cuts off, which I think it's pretty, pretty safe to say that that's got something to do with what Nominee did. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to get a bunch of like progress reports on what I assume is Sora regaining his memories, mm-hmm. um, and that somehow bleeding into what is going on with Roxas. Yes, in ways that I, I actually, I watched this a few days ago. I don't really remember what exactly we saw this time, so we might get into that this week, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice that uh, Billy Zane's voice lines have all been redone? Oh, were they actually redone? No, I didn't notice that. That's yeah, they they did redo all of them. Oh, I mean, he didn't. They did. Uh, uh, David Boreanaz uh, got replaced also as Leon. Yeah, I noticed that because it didn't sound like shit. We heard <laughs> we heard a little better Leon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Roxas wakes up in his bedroom. Uh, he he's he's like, oh, I've been dreaming about that kid again. Uh, oh, this is this is embarrassing. This is one of our trademark apology moments. Uh, I was being very pointlessly evasive about the name of this town when we see it at the end of Sora and Riku's stories in Chain of Memories. I did not realize that in the game, but not in any of the cutscenes, it tells you the name of this town when you like put the card in the thing to summon the world to go explore it. Oh, really? Okay. It's, it's Twilight Town. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, sorry about that, everyone, for for pointlessly being like this pleasant town. <laughs> and, and once again, I'm not sorry because I didn't know. Okay. Uh, and then we we get a little thing that says day one, so we're gonna have a number of days, which is interesting only because the game that comes after this is also a number of days. Right. So maybe let's keep that in our minds. It's not important, but it is something. Hmm. Uh. Do you want to talk about Roxas's outfit? It's pretty good. I like it. Um, I would. Th- oh, that's the opposite of what I wrote. But... Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm a I'm a famed Nomura head for <laughs> and love. I literally wrote quick analysis of Roxas's outfit. First of all, it sucks. Ah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's definitely less interesting than other people's outfits. I think I did like, um, and I, I felt very genius brain when I, when I read Nomura saying the same thing about it that I picked up on. Uh, it's a lot of black and white checkerboard patterns. Mm -hmm. He's got, uh, he's got one black ring, one white ring. Wonder if that means anything, perhaps something about him belonging neither to light nor darkness. Mm -hmm. Oh, it could. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, he also has an X-shaped zipper tab, which is the same design as the nobody symbol, which we will see a little bit of here, and I believe we also saw some of it in Castle Oblivion. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, much less subtle, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if, I don't know if we get a good view of this, or if you have to go on the wiki for this information, but when he's wearing his pajamas, his shorts have a skull and crossbones on one leg, and the eyes are a Roman numeral 13. Oh, really? <laughs> I wonder if that means anything. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. We go and we meet uh, the the three kids that we saw at the end of Chain of Memories, Hainer, Pence, and Olette. Are these... These are original characters? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And do not steal them. Uh, I remember when I played the first time, I was like... Olette is clearly supposed to be like an alternate universe selfie from Final Fantasy VIII. So I was like trying to figure out who Hainer and Pence were. Well, because Pence, I thought, was he he, he looks and reminds me of like Wedge in Final Fantasy VII. 
Mm. But I think that's just a coincidence. Uh, there actually is a wedge in Kingdom Hearts, but he's just a like a shopkeeper who doesn't exist. There's actually a, a Biggs and a Jesse who we will meet in Twilight Town oh. very shortly. All right. Uh, but that means that they don't actually matter and they never will. <laughs> <laughs> right, because nothing really matters there, I feel like. But we do have someone who kind of matters, uh, which is they are talking about what, what a dick that cypher is. Boo, cypher. Uh, is this you, you said you haven't played eight, have you? Yeah, is this supposed to be Cipher and eight? Because he looks like Snow from thirteen. Uh, I don't know anything about thirteen, but yes, this is Cipher from Final Fantasy eight. Doesn't look anything. He like actually, it. he he has his two goons from Final Fantasy eight. Fujin and Raijin are here as Fu and Rai, and then he also has Vivi for no fucking reason. Yeah, yeah. I I, I liked to see Vivi. We always love to see Vivi. He's a great guy to see. Um, But this is where uh, things take a turn for the confusing as they are like, God damn that cypher. I can't believe he stole all the. How did he stole the word? Yeah, it's a fun concept, but they're not freaked out enough by this. They kind of just roll with it. They kind of just get mad about it. Like, wow. (laughs) What kind of monster would steal the... And the word... And Uh, I was disappointed when I found out what it was that he stole. Because I'm like, what? Why do you guys care about this? Why did they care about... (laughs) Why did they want to take these from you? None of this makes any sense. If someone stole my ability to say a particular word... Oh, I see Snow from 13. He looks like a real dirty boy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if someone stole my ability to say a word i would be pretty outraged not that i mean the phys- i mean the physical object that they stole that's the thing i'm more oh yeah well the the issue with this the reason that they're so concerned about it personally is that uh everybody thinks that they did it i just don't get why anyone cares about the thing that was stolen <laughs> like i don't get why cypher cares about it yeah, that's true. I mean, well, sh- we can we can yes. just say what it turns out to be yeah. rather than talking around it. Uh everyone's photos specifically of Roxas have been stolen. Uh I will say if I had a bunch of polaroids in my home and they all just went missing, but or not not even all of them, but just all of them that had a particular person in them, I'd probably be a little concerned. Sure, yeah, I just uh I'm just kind of. I'm just trying to imagine Cipher's life where he just notices that all this Roxas Polaroids have been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we. I think we see. I, oh God, I can't remember if it's in this part or if we'll talk about it next time. There's a part where Roxas like wakes up from being unconscious on the ground, and they're like standing above him, and Cipher's like taking victory photos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's this time, right? It's like right when they chase the quote unquote culprits. I think it might be, or is it, no, is it the later one where they, he helps them fight them? Uh, I, I don't remember. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there when we get there, yeah. but yeah, Cypher, Cypher does take victory photos whenever he beats Roxas in a fight. I guess, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm brushing my teeth, and now time to look at all the times I beat up Roxas, and <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> it's the best way to start a day, but I can't do it today. What happened, Roxas, you son of a bitch? If I were, if I were the townsfolk... I would probably be like, Roxas, you you better stay indoors. You got a fucking freaky-ass stalker after you. 
Which is kind of true. I wouldn't be like, oh, Roxas probably is embarrassed about all the pictures we have of him. <laughs> he broke in to steal them from everybody. <laughs> he t- and he stole the word photos. <laughs> this is a thing we know you can do, and he definitely did that. Uh, this is this is funny also. Uh, did we Did we watch the struggle tournament in this part? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really like this because we see all of this from Roxas's perspective. So it's like, oh, it's Roxas's three nice friends. But we are constantly hearing from other characters, like, what an asshole specifically Hainer is. Right, yeah. The the struggle announcer is like, local attitude problem, Hainer! It's not inaccurate. He does seem like he's a little, a little punk. Yeah, so I like, I like that, uh, we get... We we get this impression of Hayner that's like he's nice to his friends, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um. So Roxas like kind of faints as they go looking for to solve this mystery, and we get a little dis narration. This is Christopher Lee in Kingdom Hearts Two, uh, and he says his heart is returning. Doubtless he'll awaken very soon. Yeah. Which I I think I assume they're talking about Sora at this time, not Roxas. I I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Roxas gets up. This is actually the first time we hear his name. Um, so yeah, they, they go investigating around the town. Uh, everyone is like, (laughs) everyone's like, man, Roxas, I really used to like you, but you really fucked up stealing all of those. He's like, guys, I, I didn't, I, why would I do, (laughs) why would I, how, how, how would I, how would I? I don't know, Uh, but you definitely did, you little freak. (laughs) They go and they meet cypher and foo and rye and vv and cypher is swagged out of his mind he's voiced by will fradel from kim possible and boy meets world he says his most iconic line in all of kingdom hearts not that he gets that many but that was undeniable proof that we totally owned you lamers yeah he called them they're like the lamer squad so cool yeah um this is uh God, I love Cypher in this. He's such a, he's such a little, he's such a little bitch. His beanie has the kanji for me on it. That rules. So cool. And he just, he just like swaggers around. He's like, I'm the head of the Twilight Town Disciplinary Committee. And he just like carries around like a foam bat. He sucks. He's such a dork. It's basically like if a teenager was into being part of the the neighborhood watch. <laughs> yeah. I'm the town hall monitor, so don't F with me. He does have a sick, sick cloak vest and yeah. with another vest underneath it that doesn't cover his tummy. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, he more or less has the same outfit. Uh just I think I think in Final Fantasy VIII he has sleeves and his tummy's not out. Right. Um fun little detail. Uh, Cypher, uh, says, okay, we're gonna fight now, and Fu and Rai, even though they don't have weapons in this, they get stanced up in their same battle poses from Final Fantasy VIII, which I thought was a nice touch. Oh, that's fun. Uh, and Cypher says, you better beg for mercy, and Roxas kneels down, and everyone's like, no, Roxas, no! But he's like, no, guys, I'm just grabbing a little foam bat off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) They left this here for me, uh, conveniently. This is so weird, though, because this is the, like, sort of tutorial intro moment where you make the choice that's like, do I want plus one magic, plus one attack, or plus one defense? 
but what that means is that there's inexplicably a foam bat that is shaped like a magic wand, which nobody else has one of them when they have the tournament. Right. Yeah. Whose foam wand is that? Donald's? Uh, that's probably Donald's nobody's bat. Oh, shit. Yeah. Here's here's another uh, interview fun fact from the Ultimanias. Disney really wanted Donald to be the knight and Goofy to be the mage because Donald has more of a temper. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? That wouldn't make any sense. It would be so weird to see Donald in a little suit of armor running around with a sword. <laughs> right, and I just also don't buy Goofy as a, a magician. No, he's he's Goofy. Right. He's literally Goofy. Yeah. He's Goofy. What are you going to do? No, I don't like that. Anyway, Roxas kicks Cypher's ass. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 no. You're right. Because this, this is where Pence takes a picture to commemorate their victory over Cypher. So I guess they're both doing this to each other all the time. <laughs> uh, but our first, uh, like, I don't really know how to how to qualify this. Because it's not our first nobody, but it's our first, like, basic enemy nobody, I guess you could say. Uh, it's called a Dusk. It looks like a weird walking jumpsuit. With, like, kind of, like, computery stuff on it. Yeah, like, like flashing wires running up the mm-hmm. side. Uh, their animation is really weird, and I like it a lot. Uh, very, very janky and floppy. Uh, it, it swoops in, and it grabs the camera, and it disappears. Uh, Roxas chases it through the woods to the mansion where Vexen was murdered. Uh, and it, it says... We have come for you, my liege. Weird. Very weird, yeah. <laughs> nice of them to show him some respect, though. Right, yeah. I, I'm surprised Roxas is anybody's liege, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we will get uh, we'll get an explanation on that. I just feel like... Fairly soon. I was going to say, I feel like, like 13-year-olds shouldn't be lieges, but I guess throughout history there's been a lot of those, so never mind. Many, many child lieges for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I trust Roxas more than I trust a lot of those boy kings. Yeah, most of them can't wield keyblades, as far as I know. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, Roxas tries to beat it up with his bat, uh, but he can't hit it, much like Sora with the uh, wooden stick. And uh, then his bat turns into the kingdom key. But this is worth mentioning, because uh, unlike the usual kingdom key summoning, this sort of like digitally pixelates into his hand. Yes, which mm. I'm sure there's not, <laughs> for no reason, there's nothing significant about that, I'm sure. Well, Roxas is a, he's kind of a nerd, so that's like his personal, he, he like applied that in his cosmetics menu as his summoning effect. Oh, got it. And uh, He beats the Dusk, uh, and then it explodes photos all over the place, <laughs> and he goes, huh, that's weird. Yeah, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I love how his friends are like, you don't have any proof you didn't steal them now. <laughs> I'm giving them back. Is that not proof enough? No, it's because you got caught, clearly. And you gave the Why word back. Why couldn't you take the dusk alive? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they go back to the... Uh, oh, shit, it has a name. It's like their little hangout. So I think it's just called The Usual Place. Yeah. Uh, they like look through all the photos, and yeah, we see that it's it's all photos of Roxas with other people around the town. Like, oh, this was when this guy opened up his shop, and I was his first customer. This was when I beat up Cipher that time. This was when I helped that old lady find her cat. Uh, and oh yeah, this is where uh, they like tease Roxas 
because it's like, oh, here's Roxas with the accessory shop girl. And they're like, oh, you sure look happy, Roxas. That is uh, Jessie, Final Fantasy VII. I don't know why they didn't make her look like her. I wish they had. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, the armor shop owner is Biggs. Uh, He's the guy who, like, announces the the struggle tournament. Right, yeah. Uh, I think Wedge is... He's somewhere. Um, Pence speculates that the thieves... Okay. This is one of those moments where I'll, I'll, I will say Pence is correct, but I don't know how the fuck he reached this conclusion because he's like, huh, I wonder if the thieves thought they were stealing the real Roxas. Yeah, I mean, my only thought is that this, well, I, spoilers, I think, but this appears to be a simulation of some kind. So maybe, maybe he can come to that conclusion because he's part of the simulation. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. P- simulation Pence and yeah, it's a simulation. Yeah. Uh, we will, we'll establish that fairly explicitly very soon. Um, but yeah, I guess simulation Pence is programmed to be smart and insightful. So he's just like, Oh, we're in a simulation, huh? Well, he, he's, <laughs> I, he's screen looking. That's what I'm, uh, implying. <laughs> uh, so Roxas uh I think I think like as everyone is leaving I think he like hears Sora say like where am I and then we get yeah computer voice saying restoration at 12%. We then go to one of my favorite rooms uh in Kingdom Hearts, the wacky Disney style computer room. I love this computer room. Yeah. Why the computer has like 10 monitors, but they're all like big rounded corners, big like Disney style, like funny computer. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, you don't really see a whole lot on the screens either. I feel like they're just kind of there. No, it's just, it's just like, like cyber blue with white code running across it or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we got Diz, uh, and we have a guy in a black coat. And Diz tells Black Coat Guy uh, that they have been located by the organization. Uh, Black Coat Guy asks why the nobodies stole the photographs. Diz confirms Pence is right. He's so smart. We love him. Uh, everything in in the simulation is data. So they thought that they were stealing the real Roxas. Uh, but then Diz says, uh, we're running out of time. Nominee needs to hurry. So I don't th- I don't think that we knew from Chain of Memories that Diz and Namine were in any way working together. I guess we I think we saw them together in the credits. I think that's right. Yeah, I don't think we knew they were working together. It, it does call into question what Diz is really up to. I, and I'm yeah, I'm still not exactly sure what's going on with this simulation. Mm-hmm. To be honest, well, for now, for now, all we really know is that it is a simulation, and they are they are working on restoring Sora's memories. Uh, we get some more, like, glitchy Sora flashbacks from Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, this is where we hear uh, Better Leon voice uh, by Doug Erholtz, who I believe is Squall in pretty much everything these days. We do get Aerith and Yuffie. And Yuffie is Mae Whitman, and she's good. Mm-hmm. And Aerith is Mina Suvari, and she's not. No, not particularly. Which... I I I don't know Mina Suvari. I'm I'm willing to chalk this up to like bad voice direction, but God, she is pretty terrible in this. She's I think she's in Advent Children is why she's Aerith in this. Got it. Okay. But 
yeah, it does not inspire a lot of confidence in her ability to voice Aerith. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to hear very much of her just yet. Uh, so Roxas, in his dream flashback things, sees Sora wielding the Keyblade and wakes up and wonders what the heck that big key was that he had yesterday. And he goes outside and he's thinking about it and he picks up a stick and starts swinging it around. And then he tosses it and it hits another black coat guy in the chest that was my favorite part. Obviously. Favorite part of this whole thing was uh-huh. just a guy getting beamed with a stick. <laughs> it just bounces off, and he's like, oh, uh, sorry. And the guy just walks away without saying anything. Not sure which black coat guy it is. I think it's supposed to be the same one who was talking to Diz, but... Yeah, but it turns out it can uh, be several. Yeah. There's there's a lot of them you'll find. Uh, do, you, do you know who voices Roxas, by the way? No. It is uh, old Jesse McCartney. Oh, okay. Very popular at the time. Not so much anymore. I, I really like him as Roxas, actually. Yeah, I think Roxas is doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the usual place. This is our first appearance, but not remotely our last of sea salt ice cream. <laughs> Pence is, uh, he's getting a little sentimental as their summer vacation is coming to an end. Do you think we'll be together forever? Which is very intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's intense thing to say. I, I want to say something about the sea salt ice cream. And I think I maybe have said this before. I, uh-huh. Ice cream doesn't usually come on a stick. Um, yeah. I mean, you can get like those like ice cream bars, like a fudgesicle. Like a fudgesicle, right? Yeah. But I mean, I guess these could be sea salt-sicles. <laughs> it's just sea salt-sicles. Uh... Hopefully there will be a, a, a future game where we really delve into the history of the sea salt ice cream. Who makes it, why they make it, where it came from, who came up with the recipe. Yeah, I would love that. There's a lot of open questions about the sea salt ice cream that I look forward to delving into later. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with um, some sort of pre-calamity Ansem made the sea salt ice cream. <laughs> um... So yeah, Hayner, Hayner's like, oh, well, you know, we might not be together forever, but what's important is how often we think about each other, keep each other in our hearts, and then our hearts will be connected, and then Kingdom Hearts. Yep. And everyone kind of bullies him for that, which is kind of mean, <laughs> considering Hayner was, like, being sincere for the first time in his life. <laughs> and the last. My friends are my power, but that makes you a real nerd. But they, they, they're, it's a dark power that bullies me for saying so. <laughs> I, I imagine he's never going to say anything nice about his friends ever again after this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some- damn, hate. Doesn't Penn say, like, oh, did you get that off a of fortune cookie? Yeah, he does say, yep, that's exactly what he says. <laughs> uh, so they, they make plans to go to the beach because summer vacation's almost over. Uh, they have no money, but Hayner Hayner's got a plan. And this is where I mentioned we, we get a bunch of mini games. This is where you have to go around town doing odd jobs to make money, and then you get to go to the beach and you get to have pretzels and watermelon. Yeah, our favorite our favorite beach snacks, pretzels and watermelon. I believe I've heard that in the Japanese version the pretzels is yakisoba. And the watermelon, that's just like a Japanese summer treat. Yeah, watermelon I get a little more. It's hot out. 
That's a summer treat for sure. I love watermelon. I would I would gladly pay upwards of five thousand money for a watermelon. I went to a watermelon festival this summer. It was fantastic. Please elaborate. What does that mean? Uh, it, uh, there was a fairgrounds up the freeway from me, and uh, you pay ten dollars to get in. And you have all you can eat watermelon. Oh my god! And, and I I ate a lot of watermelon because turns out you can eat a lot of watermelon. Oh, I I would imagine so. I don't know what the most watermelon I've eaten is, but all you can eat watermelon sounds like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to like overestimate my abilities. I feel like I could eat an entire watermelon. I think I might have. I I had a lot. You walk up to a tent and there's a, a hand comes out of a hole with the watermelon slice and you grab it and you eat it and you can just keep doing that. Does it have to be so shady? Why? <laughs> I think that was for COVID reasons. Oh, you can see the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just imagining like, like a fumigation tent no. <laughs> and just pokes out. It's like, get out of here. <laughs> no, not quite like that. I mean, okay. Um, and then also in the middle, there was a giant half pipe where people were doing BMX tricks. Oh, fuck yeah. So this it was a, it was a great day. I had a great day. Was there any like watermelon themed like stunts or was like was Gallagher there before he passed? No, no. There were two camels and a bunch of art and a guy doing Smash Mouth covers. Oh, okay. So it's one of those kinds of fairs, really. I mean it sounds great. I I I'm sold just based on getting to eat a lot of watermelon. Yeah, that got me in the door, and then I honestly had a pretty good time walking around looking at all the other stuff. So, uh, Come for the melon, stay for the smash mouth, leave because Gallagher's not here because he died. <laughs> from, what I, from what I know about Gallagher, I think I would have left if he was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most important thing about this money-making section, though, is that this is where you get to skateboard for the first time in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, fuck yeah. I didn't get to see any of that. Oh my god, when you when you do play Kingdom Hearts 2, if you do play Kingdom Hearts 2, uh one of the funniest not funniest, it's just a nice touch is that the like command menu in the corner. I think it actually starts in Kingdom Hearts 2 come to think of it, but it's always themed around where you are. Uh whereas I think in Kingdom Hearts 1 it's just blue for the whole game. But um when you're on the skateboard, it like switches to like a cool graffiti style command menu. Oh man. And Roxas gets all his sick tricks. Um, but uh, that skateboard's very important because far and away the fastest way to make money uh, in this is delivering mail, which involves skateboarding and doing a grind and then jumping 10 feet in the air to give a letter to a flying pigeon. Oh, okay. You can make some good fucking money doing that. Um, does the, pi- but, does the uh, pigeon yeah. give you the money? No, it's a human. Oh. But the pigeon gives them the money to give to you. Interesting. Okay, great. Probably. Um, once you are satisfied with the amount of money that you have, uh, they total up their money. Uh, Hayner is su- he's such a mad lad. He's like, Pence and Olette, like walk into the station and Hayner kind of hangs back with Roxas and he's like, you know, Roxas, we better make some good memories this summer because P- Pence is right. It's not going to last forever. And Roxas kind of looks at him like, Oh, damn, Hayner. And then Hayner goes, gotcha, and, like, smacks him on the shoulder and runs. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I mean, uh, not, you know what, fairly authentic for how, how teen boys express themselves. It is, it is. I, 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 
I love it. It's it's real dork shit, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, but then Roxas uh, is tripped by black coat guy. This is it's it's sad, but it's also like the funniest thing in the whole prologue because what's happening here is that Diz doesn't want to build a beach into the simulation. Wait, really? Yeah, he says that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, Black Coat Guy trips Roxas. No one else can see him. Roxas is the only one who can see him. Which is very funny. And he takes the money bag, and then we see him later in the computer room, and he's, like, tossing the bag up and down. And he's, like, he says to Diz, like, is it really so hard to build a beach? <laughs> I, I guess I missed that. That's really funny. Yeah, Diz, Diz kind of justifies it by saying, like, they they don't need any more entry points than they already have for the enemy to potentially get in. Right. But, uh, yeah, he he was just like, I'm not I'm not building a fucking beach. They can't they're not going on that train. Like, that's not what this is for. <laughs> Although I don't know. I don't know what this is for, but it's not for that. I don't I don't know why they couldn't just be like, oh, the train's broken down today. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to trip him. Take the money and then make all of his friends mad at him. Yeah, there's there's a high tide today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Roxas runs up to buy the tickets. He realizes the money's gone. He's like, oh, that guy must have taken it when he tripped me. And then they're like, nobody tripped you, Roxas. You just ate shit and it was really embarrassing. Yeah, like there was no one there, dude. Come on, Roxas. Come on. It's, it's bad enough that you made a fool of yourself. Now you're pretending that you don't have the money. First, first you stole all your photos. Now you're doing this. <laughs> I'm starting to think we have a problem here. Roxas, he's just going to leave after this. Oh, sorry, no beach day. And then he's just going to buy a hundred sea salt ice creams to eat alone. <laughs> that was his real plan all along. This guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of sea salt ice cream, they instead, uh, they go sit on the clock tower, which we did see uh, Roxas and Axel doing at the at the end of Chain of Memories. Mm-hmm. But uh, they sit on the clock tower precariously, yeah. to say the least. Yes. And they eat ice cream. Uh, I don't know if you remember, by the way, but this is worth uh, a reminder if you, if you don't remember. Uh... When we saw Roxas and Axel on top of the clock tower eating their ice cream, first of all, Axel takes a bite and is like, Bleh, which is uh, Nomura channeling himself into the character, I think, yeah. from his original expectation. Um, but uh, they're, they're, wearing, they're wearing the organization coats, the black coats. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're eating their stuff. Uh, Roxas... Uh, flashes back to what the black coat guy said when he like picked him up off the ground. Can you feel Sora? Restoration at twenty eight percent. What's it mean? People in this game don't ask enough questions when people say wild shit to them. <laughs> That's very true. Can I feel what? They just roll with Who? it. Who is that? Is that a thing? <laughs> is that a person? What are you asking? Why me? did you trip me? Yeah. Why are you wearing that freaky ass coat? Yeah. Is this because I hit you with a stick? Problem? <laughs> Are you even the same guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is where we get the scene where they uh, they talk about the the beach, and Diz is like, <laughs> "This is a great line to hear in in Christopher Lee's voice." We can always buy some sea salt ice cream. 
that that made me feel like I was losing my mind a little bit. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm just like, what what are these guys deal with sea salt ice cream? Are they just making fun of these kids, or do or do they have a relationship with sea salt ice cream that I'm not aware of? I think that that was supposed to be a joke about how these kids are just spending all their money on sea salt ice cream because Diz then says like that's that money isn't real objects from that town should be kept out of the real world you need to delete that money yeah that was interesting to me i'm like what what's the what are the consequences diz well here's the thing and this is just something that we need to just get get ahead of it and just get it out there and accept it and move on in kingdom hearts there is a thing that you can do through means that i don't know if they're ever really explained to convert a physical object from the world into data and put it into a simulation and you can take it back out also. Hmm. We just need to accept that. Okay, great. You can you can digitize yourself like fucking Tron and go into a computer and run around and play mini games. I so so there. I'm glad that this video game lets me be in a video game. <laughs> it's it's a honestly the the digital worlds they're, they're called datascapes in kingdom hearts is like one of the most like <sighs> things about the entire franchise to me yeah you, so the the sooner we accept that this is a thing the sooner we can move on okay yeah you just don't need to do that yeah well it's done <laughs> it's it's very done uh one of one of the side games coded is entirely about a data world and the implications of a world existing in data and it's got some very interesting ideas and i've heard it's also fun to play wouldn't know but uh <laughs> i i don't love this whole thing about datascapes but yeah it it's it's going to stick around so yeah i guess you know to me it just feels unnecessary considering we just had a whole game about like implanting fake memories or doing stuff in memory mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it needs to be like a computer simulation yeah well the computer simulation stuff will um it's it's gonna be used in various ways all right i'll just say that all right uh, they're gonna do a lot of stuff to a, to a degree that it's kind of baffling how many different things they do with datascapes huh <laughs> so we'll we'll get there eventually okay um but yeah, we we get some more Sora memories. Uh, this time we see him going through all the Disney worlds. They make sure to include it, uh, the Mushu summoning cutscene uh, because there is a Mulan world in this. And if you <laughs> if you didn't know that Sora could summon Mushu, which you I never did it when I played Kingdom Hearts One. So if you don't see this cutscene, you're going to be very confused when they meet Mushu, and he's like, "Oh, my friends." <laughs> Oh, that, okay. I was wondering why Mushu was there, because I was like, ah, we haven't had a Mulan world yet. But I was like, but... Yeah, I, they, yeah. They're, this is just them establishing, like, Sora, Donna, and Goofy, no Mushu. Don't be weirded out later when he acts like he knows them, because he does. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, we get a little a little moment of Namine watching over Sora's pod. Uh, Roxas asks her who she is, and she smiles at him, and then he wakes up in his bedroom... And Namine's watching over him, but then when he he looks over at her, she's gone. And it's day three. I don't... I think I missed when it was day two, but it's day three now. Roxas slept through it. Oh, day two uh, started when he... Uh, when 
Hayner was being sincere. That was the beginning of day two. Right, right, right. Maybe I said that. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, so they all meet at the station today, or they're going to meet at the station today. Uh, Roxas is on the way and he sees Pence and Olet, but then they freeze in place, like time stops. And Nominate pops out and says, hi, hi Roxas. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty nonchalant. She's very nonchalant in, again, like you said, just people do not ask questions in this game. She's like, hi, Roxas, I wanted to meet you at least once. And he's like, oh, uh, hi, nice to meet you. And she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and she leaves and time starts moving again. I'm like, is that it? No- That's really it, Nominee? Okay. Yep. She literally just wanted to say hi. Uh, I love this part where uh, uh, Pence and Olette are like, so Roxas, do you want to do you want to come shopping with us before we go to meet Hayner at the station? And he's like, what the fuck? What the what the hell just? And they're like, okay, I guess you're busy. Bye. Yeah. And it's like, you're just stalling, which I thought was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Um, when next time one of my friends invites me to something I don't want to go to, I'll just be like, I, where, uh, what, where am how I? did I, how did I get here? <laughs> something has happened. <laughs> sure. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> They're so chill about it though. They're just like, okay, bye. Then. Like, yeah, it's fine. We didn't think you wanted to anyway. See ya. <laughs> uh, Roxas follows nominee to the quote-unquote haunted mansion um he's ambushed by more dusks in the woods who try to grab him so uh before he gets to the mansion he turns and runs back into town uh cypher by the way this is a fun little easter egg cypher calls him a chicken wuss which is something that he says in final fantasy 8 uh trivia uh and then the dusks fly in and they all they all get stanced up but time stops again and nominee tells roxas to use the keyblade the key what the key blade. Yeah. He he does say something like that, right? He doesn't know what it is. <laughs> does he say the key what? I don't know if he says key what, but it feel like he does something to that effect. Something like that. Yeah. That would be a very funny thing to take issue with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've heard of keys before, but you want me to fight them with a key blade? Mm, that can't be right. Uh, he, like, braces himself as a dusk flies at him, and then he appears in the dive to the heart. Uh, and he, uh, he fights some dusks with the kingdom key. Uh, there's a big freaky giant, uh, nobody it's, it's kind of shaped like the dusks, but big in a similar way to the dark sides being shaped like the shadows, but big. It's got a cool scarf. It is such a cool scarf. Um, here's a little fun fact behind the scenes. Uh, so the English name of this nobody is the twilight thorn, but the Japanese name is twilight zone. (laughs) <laughs> which of course is a horror anthology uh there's another horror anthology that i th- that i had never heard of before this uh called tales from the dark side so i think nomura maybe just a fan of american horror anthologies oh uh, yeah that wouldn't be surprising to me i mean honestly like this whole this whole like prologue with uh with roxas could very well be on a on a twilight zone like show yeah, definitely, like, what if your world was actually a simulation? What if all the ice cream you ate was nothing more than data? And you ate so much of it, by the way. Like, so, so much of it. No, 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 you're not imagining enough ice cream. Imagine, like, ten times as much ice cream as you're thinking. That's how much you ate. And it's all data. Wouldn't that be crazy? My god. 
on the Twilight Zone. <laughs> uh, what he like blows up the the Twilight Thorn into like a darkness blob. Yeah, and then it falls on him, and it makes him feel bad. But then, like, Naminé reaches in to grab him. Yeah. Oh, right. This was weird, because she, like, pulls him into, like... It's not a room we've seen before, and I don't think it's a room we'll see again. It's just, like, a void room similar to the the Castle Oblivion rooms that we've seen with, like, the kind of bluish-white walls. But there's just, like, sort of textureless blocks in the room, and one of them is shaped like a Chain of Memories card. Yeah. I don't really know what this room is supposed to be, but it's certainly weird. Is it? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what that was either. This is Naminé's blocks room where she plays with blocks. Could, could be. Sure. That makes a sense. Uh, so she she officially introduces herself to Roxas and asks if he remembers his true name. Uh, but then Black Coat Guy shows up and says, don't talk to him about this stuff. He doesn't need to know this. He shouldn't know any of this. And then he just opens up a portal and just shoves Roxas through it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Fuck off. Uh, Ro- oh, this is where Roxas, like, wakes up on the ground and Cypher and his friends are just taking pictures of Cypher, like, flexing on top of Roxas' unconscious body. Yeah, not too concerned with the fact they just fought, like, a weird little monster. Well, they're very concerned with it in that uh, they love it. They're like, hell yeah, we did it. We beat the monsters. Let's take some pictures. Yeah. We beat the monsters. Roxas didn't help at all. Yeah, and I guess I suppose if your existence as a Final Fantasy person is at all like being in Final Fantasy, then it isn't that weird to fight monsters. I guess so. Uh, Not to mention they are friends with Vivi. Right. Who is a little little shadow boy in a magic outfit. Yeah, who is a little heartless. (laughs) He does look like a little heartless. It is so weird, though, because, like, Twilight Town generally is, like, pretty normal. Like, yeah. everyone here is just, like, a human person. Like, Hainer, Penson, Olette, and Roxas all clearly, like, go to school. They're on summer vacation. Yeah, pretty diff- But then there's Vivi. Yeah, then there's Vivi. Um, just showed up one day. Everyone's like, ah, oh, well. Yeah. That's fine. And this is the beginning of a very silly... And very short-lived plot point in the prologue is that Roxas's friends walk over because they're waiting for him to join them at the station. They're like, where the hell is Roxas? And they see him, like, standing, looking confused with Rox- uh, with uh, Cypher and his goons flexing and taking pictures. And their interpretation of this is, Roxas blew us off to be friends with them instead. Yeah, this is- I was like, why would you think that at all? And, like... They don't even, like, go up to him. They just see him, and they just, like, shake their heads and walk away. They're like, damn, Roxas. Uh, no, I don't even want to hear it, Roxas. Save it for someone who cares. If I was Roxas, I'd be like, what do you mean? They, they, <laughs> I don't even look like I'm part of this. They're, like, bullying me. Yeah. I was getting bullied, and you didn't even help me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the hell? <laughs> you guys are the bad friends here. Yeah. They shoved me in a locker, and they put me in a barrel and rolled me down a hill. Yeah, we, we can just chalk this up to the simulation. Uh, Diz, for Diz's experiment to work, Roxas just needed to have some friendship <laughs> strife or something. Wow, Roxas, I see how it is. You wanted to hang out with Cypher, and you wanted to go to the bathroom, and then you realized that your head was too dry, so you put it in the toilet, and then you all had a big laugh together. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a betrayal. Yeah. 
he goes back to the usual place and oh no you were wrong they're eating sea salt ice cream for a third time oh three times oh wow i can't believe i missed oh shoot they must do it four times then oh good (laughs) this isn't even the whole prologue no oh my god uh yeah, so he's like, oh, how was the beach? And they're like, we didn't go because you didn't show up at the station. And Rox is like, oh, uh, do you want to go tomorrow? Oh, I don't know how we missed this. Uh, there was a scene earlier. Where the hell was this? There's a scene earlier where they look at a poster for the struggle tournament. Yeah, you see it in the background, kind of. Yeah, I think it was somewhere in the in the mini game zone. I might have scrolled over it because I thought that I just had mini games notes, but... They like look at this tr- uh, at this poster for the struggle tournament, which is like a kind of a fighting tournament, kind of. Uh, and Hainer and Roxas make a promise to compete in the tournament in a couple days, uh, and as long as one of them wins, I think that I think their thing is like let's both make it to the finals. Then no matter what happens, we can split the prize money. Yeah. Uh, so Roxas is like, oh, do you want to go to the beach tomorrow since since we couldn't go today? And Hainer's like, I already have plans, asshole. And Roxas is like, plans. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I've been fighting monsters and having weird dreams. Yeah, I really like, though, the the mood of this prologue because it's it's like it starts off like very like warm and cozy, like sunset summer vacation all that hanging out with your friends but it it pivots really well i would say into this feeling that roxas has where he's like i just i can't do anything right like everything i do my friends think i'm blowing them off and like i can't i can't convince them otherwise because the guy who tripped me and stole the money didn't exist yeah that person was invisible (laughs) yeah yeah uh so restoration's at 48 percent. it's going well uh, black coat guy asks Diz if that nominee was a data nominee, and Diz says no. <laughs> He's like, "Oh my god, my my kid is out of control. I I don't. I'm at my wits' end. She's hacking the simulation. She's not normally like this. I'm so sorry." <laughs> he fucking punches the computer. Yeah. Oh my god, Diz is pissed, and black coat guy is just like, "Calm down." Uh, but Diz says it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as Nominee completes her task, then it won't actually matter what happens to Roxas, which is ominous. Yeah, that is very ominous. <laughs> Good luck, Roxas. Uh, we get some more Sora memories. These ones are about friends and promises. And then Roxas wakes up and is like, oh, God, friends and promises. What a mess. Day four. Yeah, Roxas not as gung ho about friends and promises as Sora. Well, I think he I think he maybe is realizing that he has uh lost all his friends and broken all his promises because he was seen getting getting picked on and Cypher was going na 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 I tripped you, you loser. Yeah. And Hayner's it- like, Really, man? Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm the only one who trips you and, and bullies you like that. Well, I thought we were gonna get uh, our asses love- kicked together. <laughs> I love when we go to the struggle tournament. And the man who's, like, announcing the start of the tournament is, it's just Goofy. Yeah. It's it's just Goofy voice. It's, like, a little bit toned down. He's not, like, doing the, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
but it's it's just Goofy's voice. I guess I didn't. I, I don't know if I pegged that as much, but yeah, I guess I guess you're right. Welcome to the struggle tournament. I can't do. I I can't do that good of a, a Goofy voice, and I certainly can't do. Oh shit! We forgot our segment. Should we do our segment? Oh, right now. <laughs> Since I remembered, no, we can do it at the end. We're we're getting pretty close to the end. Yeah, we'll do it at the end. If I don't forget again, uh, God, this part fucking kills me. Not because of anything that happens in the game, but because of me not understanding it as a kid. Is when he goes, "Who will be the one to take on our champion Setzer?" And I can't remember which one is which, Fu or Rai, but. One of them goes, Cypher, you know? You know is his, like, catchphrase. His, yeah, his annoying catchphrase. And I so... Because, like, I didn't fucking know Final Fantasy VI. I thought that this was the announcer, like, getting Setzer's name wrong. Or Cypher's name wrong. Or Yeah, Cypher's name wrong. Yeah. I thought that this was, like, Cypher's the reigning champion, and this guy forgot his fucking name. That was my assumption. That that's I, I thought that until then, they, then Setzer was there. But Yeah, which... I do wonder, one of the things that I that I learned from these interviews is that this was not originally Setzer. I don't remember who it was. It was another older Final Fantasy character that I'd never heard of, but I but they had to like change it to Setzer for some reason. Hmm. Which does make me wonder if perhaps uh uh <laughs> maybe maybe they were aware that the names were too similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are Speaking of which, uh I didn't know this until this past week. Um Aerith was not supposed to be in these games. Huh. Uh, it was, it was like Square Enix, or it, maybe they were even Squaresoft at the time, but they were like, no, 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 everyone loves Final Fantasy, put put Aerith in. It was supposed to be, uh, oh shit, I don't know her name, because I haven't played the game. The girl from Parasite Eve? Uh, Aya, maybe? Ada, Ada, I think? Ada, something like that, was yeah. supposed to be in Kingdom Hearts, but then they changed it to Aerith. Because Parasite Eve was not as popular as Final Fantasy VII. That's not, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an understatement for sure. <laughs> I barely even know what it is. Uh, but yeah, Setzer is here. He's from Final Fantasy VI. He's like the gambler class or some shit, which I think, I think they referenced that in some way. I don't remember if I wrote it down. Is that kind of why he's like, I'll offer you a deal or whatever? Something like that, yeah. I think he, he has some, like, thematic line here. He has one really stupid fucking line also, but... He also did that really weird thing when after he gets beaten where he, like, points back while everyone's ignoring him. Oh my him. god, I love that. It's so ridiculous looking. <laughs> I don't... It's like, I don't know what you're trying to convey here at all. Uh, so, yeah, Biggs is announcing here, uh, there, the, the four finalists are Cypher, Baby Boy V... Baby Boy VV... Local attitude problem, Hainer, and Roxas, my favorite customer. Yeah, Roxas is buying a lot of armor. It seems it, it appears so. Also, feels like introducing <laughs> uh, a question of bias into the tournament right at the top. Yeah, well, fortunately, the judge doesn't uh, do anything because uh, I don't know if this was at all apparent from the cutscenes. But what the struggle is is that when when you hit someone, they drop these colored balls, and it's it's either uh, if you can get all the balls into your inventory and the other person has none, then you win. Or whoever has more when time runs out. That is what the struggle is. Interesting. Uh, which is mostly just great for how seriously they're taking it. Even in the cutscenes, when Cypher like, hits Vivi and he's like, <laughs> I got you, Vivi. And then he just like picks up a little ball <laughs> off the ground. And he's like, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the only. I think that's the only indication I got of what the struggle is, is when that was happening. So yeah, yeah. Oh, we also see the trophy that you'll win. It's the four crystal trophy. It's like a weird, like loopy design with with four little colored crystals on it. Looks like it would be hard to display or put on your mantle. Yeah, it also looks like it would like kill you if you tripped and fell on it. <laughs> that too. This is the eye poking trophy. <laughs> This is not a trophy that you want to have if you live in a Final Destination movie. That thing is going inside you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's Chekhov's trophy. <laughs> Definitely not a trophy that you want to take up to the top of a tall clock tower and hold aloft. Well, you know, you're not going to... You're going to take it apart pretty immediately, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> so, Roxas and Hayner, uh, unfortunately, they can't both go to the finals because they're the first match... Uh, Roxas apologizes for yesterday, which is so, it's so stupid that Roxas has to apologize for this. I'm sorry I got but, my ass beat so bad and you guys couldn't go to the beach. But even, even Hayner, like, he's like, it's, it's whatever, Roxas. Like, we, we, we're still friends or whatever. But he's, it's still framed as like Roxas did something wrong and Hayner's like being the bigger man here, which is so shitty. Yeah. But they, like, laugh it off, and then we cut to Pence and Olette in the audience just smiling at each other, like, yeah! <laughs> we did it! And then Hayner gets into his fighting stance. Did you see his fighting stance? I don't know that I remarked upon it. Maybe oh I... my god, I think I took a screenshot of it. Let okay. me see here. Okay, here. This is a pretty bad screenshot, but he's like half crouched oh yeah he's like holding the bat sort of back to his side and then his left arm is just like extended forward with like a little limp wrist yeah it doesn't look like a great battle stance i mean no wonder you kick his ass <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what this could possibly help in a fight well you know this is a struggle so he's got his hand out ready to grab spheres as they fly out of you. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. That actually would kind of make sense, and I hate that about it. But uh, he loses. Uh, Biggs hilariously announces when Roxas wins, not even friendship will slow this kid down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so that you and the audience know, he just beat up his best friend. He beat up his best friend without hesitation or remorse. Wow, Hayner looks really hurt. <laughs> but uh i assume he would have said the same thing for hayner unless hayner was like crying when he when he wins he's like oh this was so hard for me and then he'd be like wow friendship slowed this kid down wow wow uh, hayner that, and roxas did, have a where did this kid learn that on a fortune cookie <laughs> <laughs> hayner and roxas have a little bro moment together and then hayner remembers that he's mad about losing uh but they're bros yeah. Uh, and then Cypher and Vivi get into the ring, and Vivi does a creepy laugh. Yeah, yes. I will say, Final Fantasy IX does not have voice acting, so I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from Vivi's voice being creepy in this. I had that thought, too. I'm like, because I was like, uh, is Vivi just being mischievous? Does Vivi He's like have... a little shadow boy, so when he goes like, hey, 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 I'm like, okay. Right. No, I had the Good exact to see same you, Vivi. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that's, that's Vivi. But uh, Vivi, uh, I don't know how much this came across in the cutscenes. Of course, we will see what Vivi's deal is very shortly after. But Vivi, in the in when you fight him, because he 
Cypher, he's like one of Cypher's like little goons. Yeah. And Cypher is inexplicably like angry at Vivi for fighting him as if it's his fault. He's like, this will teach you to disrespect your elders, Vivi. But right. Vivi like goes bananas and kicks Cypher's ass. Yeah. It looks like, and I, 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 I had to watch it over and over again because I was really confused by what exactly Vivi does to hit Cypher. Cause Cypher's reaching down to pick up an orb that he knocked out of Vivi. And then Vivi, it looks like teleports out of the orb that was on the ground and does a huge uppercut and knocks him out. So Vivi, when you fight Vivi in the final, he's like, I don't remember if he's teleporting, but he is like f- kind of floating. He's like making his bat like grow five times as big and spinning around. And it's, it's he's using some weird dark magics. Or is he hacking the game? <sighs> Uh, but yeah, Cypher probably would have been able to grab that orb and get back, uh, if he had a little limp wrist in front of him for no reason. Yeah, it's the- So that's why he lost. It's the ideal struggle stance. Yeah. Uh, but as Cypher is walking away, he tells Roxas, he's like, that's not Vivi, thrash him. And then the sponsor, like, goes up to Hayner and is like, Good news, buddy. Cypher has withdrawn, so you get third place. And Hayner goes, oh, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's so psyched about getting third place by technicality. Uh, He doesn't win a lot. Third place because fourth place forfeited? Oh, baby. (laughs) He loves it. He's over the moon uh, to not have to lose to Cypher. (laughs) I was pretty. But, uh, I was pretty confused. Was there like a losers bracket that was supposed to happen? That then. Yeah, yeah. Cipher would have fought Hainer. Oh, okie dokie. All right. I think you can actually. I think there is actually like a bracket drawn on a board that you can look at uh, between Got fights. It. But um, so uh, yeah, you go to fight Vivi, but time freezes again. But Vivi's not frozen like everyone else is, and he turns into a dusk. Oh man. Hmm. I thought he was our regular boy. Yeah, he, uh, he changed from a different dark boy to, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess they're actually more of a silvery boy. So, yeah. Oh man, I thought he was a. I thought he was a heartless, but he's a nobody. Oh. Uh, but then Roxas gets surrounded by a bunch of dusks, and interestingly, he summons the Keyblade again. But this time, it's not a weird digital effect. Yeah, it just shows up. So I, I think, and this is something I never picked up on because I'm. I'm paying a lot more attention than I ever have before, <laughs> obviously. Um, I think the implication of this is that Diz, like, gave Roxas the Keyblade the first time, and now Roxas is, like, actually summoning it on his own, which is very interesting considering that this is a simulation. Yeah. Yes. That That's a, a, a thing about Keyblades, I guess. they They don't exist in any particular, like plane of existence a, a keyblade summoner can summon it wherever even inside of a computer hmm that yeah that is hmm yet so you're saying you think this is a real keyblade and not a fake keyblade and the last one was a fake keyblade uh yes i think that roxas did like instinctively legitimately summon the keyblade this time oh okay okay i don't actually know for sure but i think that's what that was supposed to mean uh could be so Roxas defeats the Dusks, and there's another black coat guy, but this is not Diz's friend. This is Axel. Yeah, he didn't say his catchphrase, I don't think. No, he didn't, uh, but he does He does say his new catchphrase, Roxas, all right, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> He's so cool. 
So cool. He takes off his hood. He asks, uh, oh, you don't remember me, Roxas? Uh, Roxas does not have any idea who he is. Uh, he says, even the Dusks aren't going to crack this one. And Roxas is like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, Axel says, well, you're going to come with me, like it or not. And he summons his iconic flame chakrams. Uh, he says, he says something like, uh, this town is his creation. And then, like, the air starts, like, warping all weird. Roxas, like, gets pissed off and throws the keyblade aside, but it just reappears in his hand. And, uh, Axel says, number 13, Roxas, the keyblade's chosen one. Yeah. So, I guess that's a, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this yet, but does that mean that Roxas was a keyblade wielder before he was in a simulation? Hmm. Interesting question. Because I, yeah, well, I had my own crackpot corner about what I thought might be going on, but... Well, I would love to hear what you think. Well, part of me was wondering, so Chain of Memories is about trying to have a Keyblade wielder that is under the organization's control. Mm -hmm. And so part of me is wondering if what's happening here is, I mean, Roxas is, I think, spoiler, uh, Sora's nobody. (laughs) Um... And I was wondering if they were trying to siphon off parts of Sora's memories to Roxas so Roxas could be a Keyblade wielder. I didn't know. They being the organization at Castle Oblivion? Yeah. Or Diz Diz and the other guy. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) I will not confirm or deny that. Okay. Uh, But Roxas uh, fights Axel. But the fight is interrupted by Diz, who, like, digitally teleports in to the simulation. Uh, Axel tries to attack him, but the chakrams just, like, bounce off of this, like, pixel shield. And Diz says, don't listen to him, Roxas. And Axel says, do listen to me, Roxas. And then they just, like, yell, Roxas, 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 Roxas. <laughs> I, I don't think they're literally doing that, but it sounds very funny if they are. <laughs> Yeah, it feels very Looney Tunes for a minute. <laughs> yeah. It is very rabbit season, duck season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Roxas, like, calls his friends' names, and time starts moving. Vivi falls over. Diz and Axel disappear. Vivi just gets up and is like, how did I get here? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, I'm in second place in the struggle. <laughs> Me, a little boy? Okay. Uh, Roxas wins. I will say, actually, I don't know if we really get an explanation for what Roxas did that, like, kicked everyone else out of the simulation and started it moving again. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. Heart? Heart. His heart did it? He's the one, maybe? (laughs) I guess so. This is where Setzer shows up, uh... This is hilarious because up to this point, everyone that's been participating in the struggle is like a high schooler. And Setzer is a full grown man with like a champion's belt holding a foam bat. Yep. He's got scars all over his face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He calls Roxas Rucksack. He's such a fucking loser. He's a grown man. And he's like, Rucksack, how about you take a dive and I'll, I'll make it worth your while. It's like, what What could you... This kid clearly just wants to win a tournament, my man. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Roxas 
I don't I don't have much experience with uh tournaments. I don't know if this is a weird format that Roxas has won the tournament and he gets the trophy and the prize money, but also now there's a an actual champion with a belt that he goes up against as like another prize, I guess. I mean, I think wrestling works like that. Is that how wrestling works? Okay. I mean, it is it is a very clearly wrestling inspired belt. Um Yeah. But yeah, uh you actually do have a choice. Uh I mean, even if you even if you try and fail to beat Setzer, if he does beat you, uh he will like give you a little thing, but uh obviously there's a bigger reward for winning. You get the belt, which uh gives you like a stat bonus. Uh and it's very funny to imagine the character actually wearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then but Setzer says a bizarre line to Roxas to try to convince him to throw the match. Whatever you think is right, you're wrong. And that is a big mistake. Yeah, absolutely bewildering. I have to assume that's a poor translation of something. I was like, it was such a specifically weird busted line that I was like, does he say this in Final Fantasy VI? No, this is this is nothing. I don't know what this was supposed to be. Yeah, if... You'd be wrong, and that'd be a mistake. It's just, uh, what? I don't, huh? Maybe it's, like, thematically similar to shit that he says in Final Fantasy VI. I don't know. If anyone is, I, I don't know. If anyone's played Final Fantasy VI and can confirm this, please let me know. Yeah, not me. I just I thought it was... it's supposed to be good. I, yeah, I heard it's supposed to be great. Is it the Kefka one? I don't know. I thought it was maybe just more Kingdom Hearts gobbledygook. Yeah, it's, it's real nonsense for sure. Yeah. Uh, but... If you beat Setzer, which is what we see in this uh, in this theater mode cutscene, uh, he like starts to walk away, and then as he like gets to the edge of the of the the ring, he like turns and points dramatically and like opens his mouth to like make some kind of parting remark. <laughs> but Roxas's friends just charge past past him, and he's just like, uh, mm. and then he just leaves. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's very, very funny. Like, he wanted to be like, but you haven't seen the... Le- oh, oh they're, they're, he's not looking. Oh, that's embarrassing. Roxas? I was gonna... Roxas? I was gonna say the... Oh, you're busy. Okay, okay. sorry. I'll just... <laughs> I'll, I'll just go get sea salt ice cream. <laughs> the most pathetic man in the world. <laughs> I there's no way in hell we'll ever see Setzer again after this, but I would love to see Setzer again. <laughs> I I mean he could be very plot critical critical later on for all we know. For some reason, uh, uh Data Seltzer, <laughs> Data Seltzer, they go up to the clock tower for one of the worst things I've ever seen anyone do. They're sitting on this high ledge, and Roxas says. Just everything that happens here makes no fucking sense. They're sitting on this incredibly dangerous ledge. I don't think they're eating ice cream. Oh, are they not? Oh, bummer. I was hoping for a fourth ice cream. I don't think they cream. are. If, if they were, I didn't make a note of it. No, I think you're right. But Roxas takes the trophy and just starts dismantling it. <laughs> he just pulls all the crystals off. Yeah. And then he, like, tosses them to his friends... And, like, Pence and Olette both almost fall off the clock tower trying to catch them. Yes, this is ill-advised. They all catch them, but, like, half of them almost fall. 
And then they all like, oh, no, okay, yep, no, there is ice cream, you're right. They all they all hold Good. up their crystals to the sun, and they like look at the light coming through their different colored crystals. Um, Roxas is looking through a blue crystal, which, believe it or not, this is actually going to be referenced again later, so I do mention that he's looking through a blue crystal. Hmm. Uh, it's a very small, it's a very small scene, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention it when it comes up. It's just a little thing, but, um, and then Olette pulls out some ice cream and Roxas gets so excited that he decides to fall to his death. (laughs) Yeah, that, yep, that's what happens. He, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he literally sees the ice cream and he's like, whoa, and he like stands up really fast and then slips and falls. Yeah, it kind of looks, just looks like he jumps, it jumps, but. No, he does just sort of slip and fall. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they need to stop. They they already have the usual place. Why do they have to sit at the top of this clock tower? It's agony to watch, but... It's got great views. He'll be fine uh, for some reason that... I mean, it, it's a simulation. <laughs> it would be kind of weird if Diz was just like, Oh, Roxas is falling to his death. Oh, well. Yeah, I uh, well, guess we'll start this over again. But we get a weird little cutscene here. Uh, a weird little cutscene with, with a lot of stuff that I really like about it. Because we go to Selfie and Kyrie walking home from school on the main island of the Destiny Islands. Yeah, which was uh, cr- kind of crazy to see. I This is so weird because we get a lot of time on the Destiny Islands, the little island, to like look across the water. And it's just endless water as far as the eye can see. So you get this and you're like, okay, what the fuck? Because <laughs> th- they can see the island. It's like in the background. Like, it looks like maybe a three-minute paddle boat ride. Yeah. And you're like, how the hell is that possible? Yeah, the ocean's, uh, the ocean's infinite. <laughs> this is... Part one. I, I legitimately was like starting a crackpot corner on this because I was like, oh, maybe they can't see the island from the... I did a little internet research before I wrote this crackpot corner. There is a scene at the end of the game uh, where it's just the tiniest glimpse, but you can see the angle from the island that they're on as kids to the main island, and it's like, it's behind the island. <laughs> oh, okay. Alrighty. I I was like, God damn it, no more you got me. You trolled me. Yeah. You can't see the main island from the little island. No CinemaSins ding here. No crackpot corner, no cinema sin. They got me. I felt I felt really trolled, but they got me. <laughs> uh, I really liked the reveal though, and it's 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 weird because on the one hand, like I want to say it it feels like a retcon, but it's not because Sora. There's the scene where Sora's mom is like, "Come to dinner, Sora," and he's like, "Oh no, the raft! I have to get to the island." So we know that they didn't live on that island in the first place. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. Um, but seeing that, like, they've got, like, houses and a school, like, they wear, like, school uniforms, like, it it looks, the vibe is very different to what we saw on the Destiny Islands Little Island. Um, and I actually thought it was really interesting looking at this and thinking about how it kind of recontextualizes Riku in the first game as, rather than, like, we're stuck on this little desert island and it sucks... It it almost kind of recontextualizes it as like a, I'm like a 16 year old surrounded by little kids. We all we like we keep coming to this little island and we're like, 
oh, I, oh, we're, we're adventurers, like, oh, the secret place and the waterfall, and we fight with toy swords, and Riku's like, this sucks, like, I'm growing out of this, I, I want to go see the actual world. Yeah, I, wanna... I thought, I thought it was pretty interesting thinking of it that, uh, in that, in that context. Right, because his discontent is greater than just, like, the obvious discontent of living on a tiny desert island. It's it's more about wanting to see a broader world. And, and yeah, 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 just being, yeah. like, sort of sort of restless and feeling like, you know, like, wanderlust. Tired of your, home, I, tired of your hometown. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that for Riku. Um, and here's something else that I really like. I really like this for Titus and Waka, is that Selfie is like... They're walking home from school, and Selfie's like, Hey, Kyrie, do you want to go to the island today? Titus and Waka are too busy playing Blitzball. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did like that. They just say their ball game, but we know what ball game it is. I do. Yeah. Uh, he's too busy practicing the jack shot. Um, Kyrie changes the subject, the subject, and she's like, Do you remember those two boys that we used to hang out with? And Selfie's like, Oh, I remember Riku. Was there a second boy? Who are you talking about, Kyrie? You're so weird right now. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think this is the first we've seen of, uh, Naminé's witchcraft made everyone else forget about Sora, too. Yeah, it is the, it is interesting that it does seem like memory is a global constant. I think the way that I interpreted it is that, uh, it seems to suggest that, because what Naminé did was she, like, disconnected Sora's heart from Kairi's and all of the memories that that was connected to. So this seems to su- suggest that, like, sort of memory-based connections between people who are, like, separated kind of go both ways, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, it does appear to be that way. Yeah. So Kyrie, Kyrie's like, starting to remember Sora, but Selfie has no idea who she's talking about, which is <laughs> pretty funny considering that Sora had no idea who they were <laughs> at the end of Chain of Memories. <laughs> And felt really bad about it. Yeah. Uh, but Selfie's like, oh yeah, Riku is really cool. I, I wonder if he'll ever come back. I don't know what happened to him. Um, and Kyrie's like, oh, well, there was actually this other boy. I, I can barely remember anything about him, and I feel really bad about it. So I decided I'm not going to go to the island until I can remember him, because I know we used to play there. Uh, and then Kyrie, Kyrie gets, like, psychically... Heartlickly contacted by Roxas here. Yeah. As he's like falling off the clock tower, he like tries to call out to Namine and like gets his wires crossed and accidentally calls Kyrie on the brain phone. <laughs> okay, I, that, I'm glad you explained it that way. I wasn't actually sure how that what was happening here, but that make, that makes more sense. I think that's what's ha- I don't yeah. know what else it would be. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kyrie Kyrie hears Roxas's voice say Namine, and she like kind of passes out for a sec. We go to Roxas as he's falling, uh, and he's like, Namine, what's happening to me? And Kyrie goes, that's not my name, I'm Kyrie." <laughs> this part is so, is so goofy, because Kyrie's like, or Roxas is like, Oh, Kyrie, you're that girl he likes. And Kyrie's like, oh, who, who, what's, what's his, I need a name. And he goes, I'm Roxas. And she goes, okay, Roxas, can you tell me his name, though? <laughs> Roxas oblivious moments. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it is a little rude of her not to ask this mysterious voice <laughs> that's, that's talking to her across. That's true. She's being psychically contacted by someone, and she's like, can you tell me about somebody else? Can you tell me about this this boy I used to be into? Yeah, uh, we get a, I, I like this little moment here, because Sora's voice, like, jumps in uh, on the call, 
And he's like, you don't remember my name? Gee, thanks, Kyrie. <laughs> she, again, people taking stuff in stride that is patently bizarre. <laughs> Magic is real. Uh, but he says, he says, I'll give you a hint. It starts with an S. Uh, and Kyrie wakes up on the ground. Uh, Selfie's like, Jesus, are you okay? And Kyrie's just like, yeah, fine. Let's go to the beach. Does <laughs> um, that a little faint? We all do it. <laughs> Again, people not asking questions. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, you you just like passed out. Kyrie's like, yep. Selfie's like, oh, okay, cool. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> Uh, I really like that when they're on the beach, we can see their little wooden boats in the background. It just, it it feels like it just makes the whole world feel a lot more real. Totally, yeah, it, it, it yeah, they're, Kingdom Hearts 1 is good, but it doesn't feel, you know, it feels like a, I don't know how to say this the right way, it feels like a video game, and this feels more like a realized world. Yeah, and I, another thing that I've learned from those interviews is, holy shit, it sounds like they were like, with the with what the PS2 could do at the time, it sounds like they were, like, really pushing it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that got cut from Kingdom Hearts 1 because they, like, couldn't fucking fit it onto the disc. Yeah. I don't know how that works because Kingdom Hearts 2 is way bigger. I don't know if they, like, changed the type of disc they used or something. But, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if they had intended to have a little more of the Destiny Island's main island in the first game. Yeah, that would make sense. Maybe you would um, see maybe you see a parent. <laughs> PS2 couldn't render a parent though at the time. That was not too too many models. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was going to be a Bahamut summon. Get that out of here. <laughs> uh so yeah, Kyrie goes to the beach and she puts a little a little letter into a bottle that she says she wrote the other day to the boy she forgot and she sends it out and she says uh she says this letter will be where it starts. Isn't that right? Sora? Yeah. She says his name really weird. Yeah, I I, I thought that was Sora? maybe supposed to be like a she's remembering his name thing. Yeah, it, it sounded silly. I, uh, this is, I, we have, I haven't mentioned, this is a, a new Kyrie voice. Uh, this is Allison Stoner from Mike's Super Short Show. If you yeah, remember does, that from Disney Channel. She does a good job. Her voice is not as weird as Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora. Yeah, or that was Kyrie. Hayden Panettiere for the record. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I I think that Allison Stoner, uh, there she's got some some kind of weird line reads in a few of the games. I mean, they all do, to be fair. Yeah. But I I think she really uh, grows into the role as it goes. She's really good as Kyrie. Um, and then we hear that restorations at seventy nine percent. That's where we're stopping at the end of day three. Wait, at the end of day three, or is it day four? No, it's day four. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's the end of day four. That's where we're stopping. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was good. I like, I liked, I liked this. It's got a, it's got a really nice mood. I like Roxas. I like Hainer, Pence, and Olette. All the, all the characters are really fun in this. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, um, I love <laughs> Diz's funny computer and I love, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, it's weird. It is weird that it's like, it's like, um, you had a slice of life. <laughs> show happening and then kingdom hearts started happening to it yeah yeah i really like the the effect of roxas who you just get this feeling like he's got just such a chill normal life and then it just gets completely upended by the weirdest shit starting to happen yeah 
yeah, it's I th- I think it's a really cool like very mysterious way to start the sequel. I'm I'm a huge fan of this prologue. Yeah, it's neat. I'm curious to see where it goes. It is just always still wild to think to me though, um, the way people normally experience these games, which is not not having chain of memories there probably. I. I'm trying to think if I finished Kingdom Hearts 2 as a kid. I might not have, actually. Mm. I think I think I might have actually gotten to a point where I just was too confused to keep going. <laughs> Either that or there was a boss that was kicking my ass and I just gave up. Yeah, it could but, be. But yeah, I don't think I finished it until I was in like high school. And by then, I think I had played Chain of Memories. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird experience. There's no arguing with that. Although, uh... Not to keep going back to the to the Ultimania well, I say, as if I'm not going to be doing that forever now that I've read these things. It sounds like this was really a case of... Uh, they did not intend for Chain of Memories to be what it ended up being. Like, this is something that I've found so much... And, and it, it fits exactly with my experience of the games. Is It sounds like everyone who works on Kingdom Hearts is just way too excited about working on Kingdom Hearts... <laughs> So they were like, oh, we'll just do a little Game Boy game just to tide the fans over. And a lot of people don't have a PlayStation and want to play Kingdom Hearts. Maybe we can do like kind of a rehash. And they're like, well, as long as we're doing that, I mean, let's, we might as well introduce some new characters. And, oh, you know, uh, I, I did see the, the, the guy who, uh, wrote the story for Chain of Memories was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Riku and I don't think he really got enough to do in the first game. So I'll actually just write in a whole Riku story that Nomura had nothing to do with. Yeah. And I just, um, no reason, but I just, uh, I love stink and I, I love think, smelling I, things. I think stink is going to be a big part of this game. Yeah. So it feels like chain of memories was never supposed to be like this big, like plot bridge sequel, but it just like spun out of control and became incredibly important. Yeah, and I think the funny thing about it is, you know, like, I, it does feel like they even wrote it in a way where it could just not be really important at all, because mm-hmm. they wrote it in a way where it's like, oh, well, I'm going to forget who Namine is, and I'm going to forget this whole experience. Right. So, like, that is, like, you're out to be like, oh, it never happened, really, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's certainly a very interesting start to the game. Uh, and I, I love where it goes. And I think if I remember correctly, the plan is we will not finish the prologue next week. We will get near the end. And then unless I change my mind, we're going to do 358 days over two. And then we'll finish the prologue after that. Okay. All right. The thing about days is that no matter which order you play the games in, and I think the uh, the HD collection actually does have days above two in the order, which a lot of people don't agree with. <laughs> it's like, whichever order you play it in, one of the games is going to spoil some twists for the other game. So there's just no, there's no winning. Got so it. why not do a fun, weird thing that, sure. that I like? Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, well, time for our segment. Yeah, there's there's no putting it off any longer. <laughs> this is uh this is Wish Us Duck, a segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck. A segment that puts strain upon my relationship as I And mine. <laughs> but, you know, we're 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 doing our best uh to keep our, our relationships healthy despite sometimes practicing doing a Donald Duck voice at home. Uh do you wanna go first this time? 
Sure. Yeah, I'm not very far along yet. This is hard to do, but I, I think it, I can... It's really hard to do. I think I can make some horrible noises for everybody, so let me... Let's hear them. I, I also have to rev up for You it. have to like, rev up. You yeah, have to rev up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, this is really sad for me because you fully cut out and I didn't hear any of it. Oh, well, I'm sh- Did Discord save you from I think the me? Discord was like, oh, that must be some noise. Let me fix that. It's Let de- me suppress that for you. It's definitely in my recording, so um, <laughs> I can try. Let me try to do it one more time. That was pretty good. It's horrifying. It's, no, it's pretty good. Uh, congratulations to the listeners who got a double dose of it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's see what I can do. Let me rev up. Oh, wow. Yeah, you've really improved. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. It's coming along. Yeah, because I'm only at the point where I can kind of get my throat to do the right thing. I can't get the... the I don't have the air pocket going or anything yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's good. <laughs> oh, thank you. And it's only going to get better. No, what I'm so afraid of is I'm like 100% sure that there's going to be a wall that I will just stop making progress. Yeah. Yeah, my wall is still currently finding times where I can do it where uh, it doesn't make my fiance want to kill me. Yeah, it's hard when you work from home and you're in a pandemic, so you're not like going out and doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, going out and doing stuff makes it sound like I would be, like, doing it at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, do you guys think this is good? Hey, Lauren, do you need to, like, go, like, get a haircut or something, please? Yeah. I have to practice, please. <laughs> then I just sit in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I had, like... That sort of happened to me this weekend where I had like a couple hours myself and I was just doing that and my throat was starting to hurt. But I'm like, but I got to keep going. This is my time. It's weird how like out of breath you get from it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Because it's like you have to breathe so much to make it make the noise. I've heard that it gets easier when you like get used to doing it. But yeah, we'll see about that. A lot of respect to the Anselmo. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, we'll see about that. We'll also see about what the hell is going on with Roxas next week. That's a segue to ending the episode. Yeah. Oh my god, I did, there's one more thing that I didn't talk about with Roxas' outfit. Oh, okay, sure. What's that? Here, let me let me find a, a nice glossy picture of Roxas. Look at this sweet boy. Mm-hmm. Look at his shoelaces. Yeah. They're like they're like zigzagged across the shoe. But then there's one lace at the front of each shoe that just, like, gets sucked up into the sole? Is that not just a fun stripe? I don't know, but it's the same color as the laces, which are... Is it laces? It might be Velcro. It might be Velcro. It looks like he's Velcroed his shoes on, but in all directions. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a well-dressed guy. I think we can all agree. He's definitely a well-dressed guy. Um... So that's everyone's homework for this week. Look up Roxas, look at his shoes, point at them and say, what are those? Everyone else continue to do their Donald Duck impressions and um, 
see how that gets you in your you know in your relationships <laughs> uh yeah, that's it. We're on we're on Twitter at Sounds About Light, co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at S- Nope, not Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on I'm on co-host at Achilles Healy's. Um Do we have any do we have any new podcasts that we're on? I think that there may have been an extra credit I'm on since we last updated on that. Oh, we did uh we did AO3 Poetry that I was on. Oh, wow. Check that out. There's some Interesting Nancy Reagan stuff. Oh, I like interesting Nancy Reagan stuff. Um, you, see, you hear that, and you're and you might be thinking that you know what it is, and you're definitely wrong. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'll be on an F plus episode at some point. I, I know there's a I know there's a couple recordings uh, sitting around. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out my other podcasts, Doctor Huh, where we watched uh, a good episode two weeks ago and then a not very good episode last week it's a great episode if you like buses it's a great episode if you like buses it's a really great episode if you hate buses that's actually that's that's true (laughs) yeah get him uh and uh zero to zero where we uh have started watching blade god blade's so good it's so good we we had to skip this last week but i cannot wait to watch more i'm excited for you i'm excited for me too uh we're on noisepace.xyz where there's all manner of podcasts like Slappers Only about video game music, Video Game the Movie the Podcast about video game movie, uh, Pot of Greed, about Pot of Greed about Yu-Gi-Oh card game. It's mostly gaming related. That's not really true, but it's kind of true. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're a video game podcast, so that makes sense. Oh shit! Listen to Sounds About Light. Yeah, do that. Do that. Uh, leave us a nice review if you feel like it, or tell Kingdom Hearts enjoying friends to listen to us and don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Uh, hit them with a big blue foam bat until balls fall out of them. Make a promise. Just make a promise to someone about something. You don't have to keep it. Yeah, make a promise that you'll make them listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh, do make them do do keep that promise. Yeah, please. And uh, until next time. Keyblade. Keyblade. What about Cypher? First, we gotta clear our names. Once we find the real culprit, everyone will get off our backs. Uh, Oh no! They're gone! Our... are gone! What? All are... gone? Huh? Huh? You can't say... why not? But you do understand what I'm saying, right? Our... are gone. Stolen. And not just the... the word. They stole it, too. What kind of thief is that? Cypher could never have pulled that off.